Perspectives is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women who are leading busy and successful lives. And I don't think I know anyone who might epitomize that more than my guest, Monique Nelson, who's the chairman and CEO of Uniworld. This is not the first time that Monique has joined me, but the climate of the world and the country has changed so much that I thought it would be very valuable and interesting to talk with her today. So Monique, welcome. Thank you so much, Katie. It's great to be back with you. Well, it's great to talk with you. I guess maybe let's just start with, uh, how are you doing right now? It's such a crazy time. Oh my goodness. It's been uh, quite the whirlwind. It's been, you know, a real exercise in patience and listening and agility and, you know, a little bit of, you know, if we had to slow the train down, I guess this was the only way it could happen. Um, so it's it's been just a rush of emotions that are, you know, leading us to what I believe a very clear moment. Um, and I'm taking now 2020 into a very, you know, existential space on so many levels, but I really do now see it as, you know, a year of clarity and, you know, and us really being able to see what's right in front of us and how are we going to really action against that and um, make real sustainable change. This is a moment that clearly is screaming out for, we've got to do something different. I've heard you describe this year as a crisis, you know, encompassing three major crisis moments, the pandemic, the recession, the killings of George Floyd and other Americans that really kicked off the global protests and the rise of Black Lives Matter. Could Can you talk about, please, just a little about your views on everything right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the view is that it's, it's complicated, right? We've, we've never trained to be leaders in this moment. Um, we've never taken that class, right? To, the crisis class didn't exist, at least, you know, anywhere that I went to school. Um, and I don't even know any leaders that would know how to do all of this at once. So, I mean, it's a challenge on so many levels, but it's also an opportunity. Um, you know, to really take stock in in what's happening and, you know, the injustice that has been a part of the fabric of, you know, this country for so long has, you know, now needs attention that is widely necessary. And I think we're seeing this globally. So, you know, the, the actions now are really, you know, having to be about how do we make this better for all communities? Um, and let's make sure that we are really focusing on the ones that are most disparate. And, you know, Black lives at this moment absolutely do matter. And if we can solve for that, we make all lives better. So we are, you know, we are trying to live that moment. And I think the generations behind us are speaking loud and clear about this is not okay and we we can do better and we will. Well, so many companies immediately leapt to sharing statements around Black Lives Matter on what they would do. Executive behaviors came to light, executives were let go, many things changed, you know, said everything pointed to change and there was great momentum. 
But um, as you know, in other times of similar types of things, it's really difficult. Well, really, there's nothing, never been anything similar to this exactly. But in times where companies have been leaping to things like Me Too, I guess that's a good example. Um, Sometimes things change and sometimes they don't. How do you think we're going to be able to monitor whether this will truly lead to measurable and sustainable change? It's just that, right? If you are an organization that really believes that inclusion matters and that communities of difference can be of value to you and bring you a positive outcome, I think you're going to lean into this moment and recognize that you're leaving opportunity on the table. But if you don't, you won't. And yes, your exercises will wane. You'll do a lot of things, but it won't really be attached to anything meaningful. And we'll be able to look a year from now and figure out who really cared and wanted to do the real work and who just wanted to be window dressing. It won't be hard, right? Because, you know, that kind of frenetic activity is not sustainable. What is sustainable are our business objectives, our strategies, and what we are holding ourselves accountable to every day in our businesses. And those are the things that we will do and we will, in earnest, work on doing better and better because we know it is the linchpin to our business growth and our future. So we have to kind of reframe this in a space that allows everyone to participate in a meaningful way. We talk a lot about the fact that everyone should have a them. And when we say them, that's a what's in it for me. It should be a win-win, right? And I think we are often, you know, pitted against a win-lose. And we're better than that. And we can do better than that. Someone designed the win-lose scenario and we should all be looking for the overall win because that's better for us all not just today but tomorrow and in the future yeah well i mean having a culture that is reflective of what the country looks like and the world looks like and then as advertising agencies you know doing work that's reflective of the people that are buying your products or participating in your products i would think that is a win right Right. Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, the next 30 years, 90% of the growth is going to come from three communities. It's African-American, it's Hispanic, and it's Asian. That's the growth in this country over the next 30 years. So my personal opinion is I would pay attention. It sounds like a lot to me, but that would still be your choice. (laughs) Well, I mean, and I know, you know, a lot of people are turning to you right now as a black leader to get your opinion and to help. I saw you um, did that terrific town hall, that global town hall with Advertising Week. How has it this changed, or has it changed what how you're leading at your own company? Well, it's funny you say that. You know, it, thankfully, and I'm pretty proud of this. It hasn't changed much at all, right? We've we've been doing this for 51 years in earnest, and this is just a moment that we feel like we've been, you know, waiting for on so many levels, Um, but also just an appreciation for our depth and breadth of knowledge of culture, Um, you know, in this country, you know, globally, you know, really understanding 
um, that culture does matter and that it can you know, have impact and it does have ROI and it does show up in everything we do from our talent pool within our organizations as well as our consumer pool outside. So, you know, just making sure that, you know, you're making those connections, I think just makes good business sense. Um, it's not just the right thing to do. It, it should be the profitable thing to do too. What do you see your role? I, I mean, I just mentioned, you know, you're moderating the, I've seen you moderating a bunch of stuff lately. You're all over the place, Monique. Uh, <laughs> but what do you see or what would you like your role to be in this discussion? I, I like my role to be, you know, probably exactly what it is. You know, I want to be a place and our organization, you know, wants to be a place where people can come and get the knowledge they seek and need to speak to these communities with empathy, care, and understanding of their needs uh, in a way that is impactful on both sides. We think this is a reciprocal conversation um, and we are proud to be, you know, we believe the premier agency around, you know, culture and how that can affect your brand and, and move brands forward. And this is what we do well. And that's what we hope to be the thought leaders in for as long as we exist. Well, as the thought leaders, you know, as I mentioned, so many companies leapt to saying that they're going to make changes and then now really need to go through through with them. And companies of all sizes, I mean, you know, as a small business owner, um, I realize I want to make changes too. What should companies be doing of all different sizes or or how can they make sure that they're thinking in the in the ways that they need to be thinking to overhaul? Um, well, first and foremost, I think the first thing you want to do is just, you know, figure out who are you serving, right? What is your, you know, what is your product or service and how does it serve your community, you know, first and foremost? And is it serving everyone in that community? And it's not hard to see that, you know, you may be going to, the same place, same school to recruit, you know, young people. Um, you know, are you thinking of, you know, objectively around, you know, do you really need a degree for this? Can you talk about our apprenticeship programs? Um, you know, just a host of, you know, things that you can do on the recruiting side, you know, and certainly kind of an outreach side um, to make sure that you are doing that community engagement. Um, the second thing you want to do is just get smarter. You know, a lot of, you know, diversity and inclusion, you know, is steeped in, you know, kind of this boring, you know, click through, you know, let me get done with this program. And it really is a skill. And we should be looking at that as, you know, upskilling, you know, really talking about building inclusive leaders who are going to be ready for this next generation that are coming up. Um, and then, you know, lastly, I think it's just about understanding that this is a continuous process. Um, you can get started now or you can get started later, but at a certain point, if you want, um, to do better by whatever, um, diversity challenge you may be, you know, thinking about, you're going to have to have a strategy of how that's going to affect your culture and how that affects, you know, your systems and what you do differently. And, um, those are, you know, kind of the three areas that I would, you know, Think about focusing on, you know, community engagement, you know, and, and, and how are you, you know, seeing yourself in the world? You know, second, how are you skilling yourself up 
for a changing demographic? Um, and then lastly, how do you continue to educate and get better at this um, as we innovate you know, through transformation? In terms of Black Lives Matter, on a more personal note, I know you're a very involved mother. How do you, how have you been talking with your son about everything that's happening right now? Oh my goodness. Um, my, my sons actually have two, two beautiful brown boys, six and four. Um, and uh, yeah, the six-year-old is, you know, fully aware of what's going on and he's really saddened. And we are working really hard to let him know that we're fighting for his life. Um, and, you know, for him and his brother to not have to be concerned the way their father was concerned, um, the way I am concerned. Um, it's a very hard conversation and it's something that has, you know, woken me up and certainly more times than I'd like to count um, made me cry because it is a fear. It is a real fear for me. Um, I am, you know, a, a proud member of Mothers of Black Boys United, you know, which is an organization that supports, you know, women whose, you know, children have, have died tragically, have been murdered. And it's, um, it's a, you know, tremendous concern because we're all unfortunately in that boat and we do have to speak to our children differently and our boys most especially. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a real real reality for me every day as I look at the black men that I live with and love more than life itself. You know, and I think every all the conversations that are happening now have really woken people up in a way. And I just think to myself, you know, I've always thought of myself as very liberal and very um, understanding. And I was talking with a friend of mine, um, both of our sons they're black and we're, we're white, uh, got their licenses at the same time. And I remember, you know, telling my son, listen, in high school, you know, I, I would be like, when you drive, you have to go the speed limit because you love to go kind of fast and you never have pot in your car. That was my worry that he was going to get pulled over and maybe have like a joint or something in his car. And my friend said to me, you know, what I told my son, you do anything, if you get pulled over, you do anything the police tell you to do, and then we'll talk about it later. And it re that things like that, that I had never thought of in that way, really helped wake me up, a person who thought I was pretty woken up, and really I don't think I was. Yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to get your arms around because it's just not your reality and, you know, Thank God, right? Yeah, it, it's um. My reality is being Jewish, but I don't have to tell people that I'm Jewish if I don't want to. It's not obvious in the same way, and I think right. that's you know it's it's very interesting right now, and is wonderful in many ways that these that things that need to come to light are coming to light for people that should have known better but probably didn't. And I put myself in that that category. Um, Let's let's change gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about um, about how are you keeping sane through all of this? So there's a pandemic going on. There's Black Lives Matter. There's a recession. Are there any things you're doing just so, you know, you don't explode? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I 
Uh, I am in the best shape of my life. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I have been able to really keep myself in a pretty disciplined uh, workout regimen, and um, I'm really enjoying cooking. My commute time has been cut down significantly. So I do have um, have that ability. And my kids, you know, kind of being here with me has kept me very sane. Um, I love the proximity to them. It's the most time I've spent with them since I had them. So it's uh, it's been a very unique and interesting time. So honestly, you know, just being able to, you know, see them at breakfast and, you know, pop in and see them at lunch and be able to be here for dinner has been a real wonderful um, balancing factor for me. So um, all of the above has kept me sane and I love a good Zoom happy hour. <laughs> me too. Let's do one. So, <laughs> so do, what do you think, I mean, as the head of a big business? So people who had been traveling so much and working from the office so, so much, obviously had to pull back um, and and not do any of that during the pandemic. Now, depending on where you are, different um, states are, have different rules and some people are going back to their offices, but things are different. I mean, how do you think it's going to be different in terms of the way your company operates? Is it going to be different with travel? Are you still going to have everybody in the office? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, you know, that that remains to be, you know, determined, to be really honest. You know, of course, people are, you know, missing each other. You know, our teams get together, you know, and, and talk about, you know, gosh, I can't wait to see you. And, you know, we're knowing we're missing that that human, you know, touch, um, so to speak. You know, just that kind of familiarity is definitely something people are craving. Um, but I got to tell you, there's a level of safety that just has not met my standards, um, and certainly many others, you know, that I confer with, um, where we can do this consistently, sustainably, and safely um, for a reason that is really not, has not arisen. Um, So, you know, again, we know that over time things will open up, but, you know, most of our, our clients are still, you know, kind of sheltering in place. You know, and even if they are in the office, it's, you know, A team, B team, C team, you know, and only for, you know, specific times. It's not like folks are in there from sun up to sundown. So, you know, there's a lot of different models out there. And then there's, you know, there is a lot of investment that's associated with, you know, making a safe workplace now. And what does that look like? So we're evaluating every day. Um, but, you know, honestly, we're, you know, probably going to sit tight through the rest of this year, Mm -hmm. just kind of see what things look like at the top of the year and just, you know, safety first for all of my folks. And, you know, it's really important that that be, you know, their health be their wealth at this particular juncture. And if I don't have to put them in danger, I won't. Do you think it's ever going to go back to the same level of traveling people used to do or have clients adjusted and there's going to be a new normal in terms of wanting, not wanting to see people as much or once there's a vaccine, do you think it's just going to go back to how it was and people are expected to fly all over? I think, I think we're, we're headed into a very new normal. Mm -hmm. I just do. I just think that this is, this is a point in time. And for our industry in particular, that was kind of inching its way towards remote working for quite a while. You know, there's been, you know, 
thoughts around this for quite a while. And I think this jolt, you know, has absolutely put us in a position where we can say, well, it may not be ideal, but we know we can. And that's, I think, very important from a, you know, from a specificity around some of the projects that have happened in this time frame have really been quite awesome, uh, primarily because you could pull people from all over the place. We did a project with a team out of Toronto, out of the UK and Brooklyn, and there's no way, you know, I believe without this moment that that team would have been assembled, mm-hmm. right? I just feel like, you know, this moment forced and gave light to some really interesting opportunities and innovation in places that we probably wouldn't have thought of if we were all sitting in our respective places and or flying around. Yeah. Do you think it's changed? So I've heard people on both sides about about this. Do you think it's changed for you and your company, whether you still want everyone to be in the office or whether you'd be more open to if that person in Toronto on the team was terrific, they could work for you from Toronto. Like, has it made remote workers more appealing to you or do you still like having everyone together in the best possible circumstances? Well, I guess, let me just make a precursor. We never had everybody in the office. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No, we've always, I've always believed in that. And just to kind of ground you, I, my, my I was always remote. I worked at Motorola. They gave you a cell phone and a laptop and said, figure it out. We're a mobile company and figure it out. And I traveled all over the world. So there's always a portion for me that says, not everybody needs to be here. Not everybody, everyone has a preference. And if I can make that work for you and the team, I don't care where you are. Never have. So do you think this, and I totally agree, by the way, my firm is virtual. I mean, I have people in LA, New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and Miami, and it's worked well for us, but we're also a lot smaller So um, than, you know, than big firms that have to figure it out. So it hasn't, it, for us, it's just been great. No office overhead and, you know, it works out great. And um, we just meet up over Zoom. So we were already used to Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We always had Zoom town halls. We've been doing this for quite a while because I always had satellites that needed to kind of come in. And I just believe in that type of, you know, culture of kind of bring them in. Everybody kind of gets a sense of what's happening and then you can kind of disperse. But, you know, that's the challenge of a matrix. But if done well, um, you really want to leverage talent wherever it is. And if it can work in your system, you know, build build in the flexibility and the agility. It's going to work in, for your benefit in the long run. People are happier, right? A lot of times it's it's not about the work. It's about I need to be near someone or I need to do something or, you know, this is a, a better environment for me to be my best self. And that too is a part of diversity. And, you know, that's going to be something that we're all going to have to reimagine that this new workforce is really much more into flexibility than we ever have been. So this moment, I think, is going to lead us down a hybrid category. There's still going to be some cultures that are going to require you to be in. And that's going to be great for that person that needs that kind of energy. And then there's going to be the all virtual world, right, for people who are like, I really kind of dig this. (laughs) I want to do this. And then there are going to be people who say, I'll come out when you need me to. Or else, you know what I mean? You know, it's everything's going to be a bell curve in the end, right? We'll have extremes on both sides and then somewhere in the middle. We'll figure it out. Well, you mentioned um, your time at Motorola. And when we had our first conversation, which I encourage anybody who would like to listen to, we talked a lot about your career and just how 
I mean, you're such a dynamo. Do you have any advice for anyone who might be trying to find a job right now? Yes, I would. Um, LinkedIn is on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of, you know, lots of tips, jobs um, are really, they're doing a really good job of, uh, of putting opportunities out there. I think AdWeek's doing some really good work. Um, the networking opportunities now are actually pretty good. If you can get on some of these virtual chats and get into some of these Zoom rooms and have some conversations, you know, networking is a lot easier now than it was when people were moving around. You'd be surprised you'd show up in a Zoom virtual, you know, happy hour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it would be, now's the time to kind of start flexing that muscle a little bit. I know it's awkward. It's a little different to kind of, you know, show up on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's kind of our new normal right now. So I've been telling people to, you know, get in that mirror and practice if you're concerned about how you look <laughs> when you're speaking, because we've never had to be, be concerned about that before now, right? Um, so, you know, get used to that, do a couple of videos and practice with a friend on FaceTime, you know, ask yourself some questions and give yourself, get yourself used to the medium because you would have ordinarily done this in person. And get a right? ring light. Get a ring yeah, light. Yeah, get ring light. Yeah, get your lighting. <laughs> I know, like it's such a thing, but it's real. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's 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 got to be about you know finding those connections still, um, and also being really thoughtful about looking at organizations that are doing well in this time. Um, you know, think about all of your you know household goods, cleaning products. Um, you know, these are industries that are doing pretty well. Um, and you want to kind of find, you know, and these are the organizations that are on the front lines. Lots of need in the, you know, in, in, you know, medical from a level, but, you know, what are some of those opportunities where we know we can do good um, and make a difference? Um, and also, you know, drive, you know, drive opportunity in business. So, you know, it's, it's not unlike any other recessive time. Um, the time will come. We will get through this. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have to get a little more creative as to how the opportunities show up. Yeah. Well, in the vein of advice, I have asked you this before, but I, I can't help asking again. It, and maybe it's the same or maybe it's different. But is there one piece of advice that has helped guide you through your life and career that you can share with us? I don't remember the one I gave you before. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you so that I can see what the new one is. <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of the new so, so, I mean, if it's the same one, it would be really funny because it's probably, you know, it's, it's still on there every day. It's do everything as long as it's not illegal, immoral, or fattening. Oh, yeah. That is not the same one, but it's terrific. Oh. <laughs> Monique, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk with you as always. Thank you. You too, Katie. Thanks so much for having me.